On today's episode, we are talking about technology wars. There is a massive war happening between Facebook and Apple. And if you're not familiar with it, what's essentially happening is Apple is reducing Facebook's ability to track people online. And for those marketers out there in the billing material space, this is going to impact you. And frankly, even if you're not running Facebook or Instagram ads, this is going to be a worthwhile episode for you to listen to because it talks a lot about privacy, data, tracking, and how that impacts your strategy as a marketer. It's a great episode where we get into brass tacks about what you need to be doing differently from a strategy standpoint heading in this next year. I'm excited to cover this content with you. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. All right, this is Smarter Building Materials Marketing, where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson. I am Zach Williams, alongside my awesome co-host, Beth Popnikolov. And since we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson, today we're going to be talking about some changes that are happening online. There are some really big shifts that are happening with Apple, privacy, and Facebook specifically, and how this impacts your marketing. Whether you're using or implementing any kind of retargeting, online advertising, specifically on Facebook, Instagram, or other platforms, there are some very important updates that you need to be aware of, and that's what we're going to be covering today. All right, so let me help give some context to what Zach is talking about. There's a lot of conversation and chatter happening around what's being called the iOS 14 privacy update. The way that Facebook currently operates is it is able to gather user data based on your interactions outside of Facebook. That means if you're logged in on your Facebook mobile app and you're navigating on your phone, Facebook is tracking that. Or if you're logged in on Facebook and even Facebook isn't open on your desktop, it's still able to track your actions across websites as you navigate through the internet. With the iOS 14 update, you will now have to opt in for Facebook to track you across the web versus opt out. Currently, you're able to opt out, but it happens automatically in the background. Now, everyone will have to opt in before Facebook can do that, and they'll get a push notification asking, do you want to allow Facebook to track your actions across the web? And this, this change, Beth, has been happening, at least we've known about it for a little while. Yeah. We've known for a while that this was going to be happening. And for a lot of marketers who are primarily focused on Instagram and Facebook advertising, they're very concerned because what this means for them is the ability for them to not only target, but track transactions. And those transactions can be e-commerce, they can be lead generation, they can be audience building. There's a bunch of different things that can happen within Facebook and Instagram. But what this means for them is that is all going to change most likely. So in today's episode, we want to break down two big things for you. Number one, what do you need to do to track performance differently moving forward, specifically on Facebook and Instagram, if you're leveraging those ads? And frankly, even if you're not, this is really helpful information for your marketing team. And secondly, how can you adjust your social strategy to get results and see the right kind of performance from your online advertising efforts? So if you're wondering how much of an impact should you anticipate seeing on your Facebook and Instagram ads, approximately 25 to 30% of all online traffic is through an Apple iPhone. That means about 25% of all online traffic and specifically US-based Facebook mobile traffic is using an iPhone. So when this update rolls out, there will be an impact about to that same percent. 
it's safe to assume that not everybody is going to opt out of this type of tracking, but even from a just a friction standpoint is going to be one of the reasons you'll see a decrease. Whether or not people are like, yes, I'm, you know, thank goodness for privacy, stop tracking me, this is terrible. The mere fact that I have to go through a couple of clicks and do a couple of extra steps in order to allow this type of tracking means that it's probably not going to happen for the majority of those users. So right out of the gate, looking to establish some benchmarks, look at your ads from the previous year and have an estimation that when this rolls out, which is estimated around early 2021, there's not a definitive date. When this update rolls out, you should anticipate somewhere between a 25 to 30% drop in ad visibility and potentially ad conversions. Beth, I think it's also important to note that 50 to 60% of all traffic on the internet is mobile. Yeah. You know, like I personally use Chrome on my desktop, but I use Safari on my mobile device. And that's why this is so important. So I think it's roughly 30% of all web traffic online is on a Safari web browser, which is the browser that this is impacting. So the ability to track people from different devices is going to become more difficult. Yeah. And by more difficult, what we're seeing is most likely going to happen is it's, I should say it's almost non-existent is what a lot of people think. Now, a lot of what we're sharing with you today, I think it's also important to note is that this is all based upon information that we are being provided today from Facebook and Apple which means that things could change. Yeah, it's a lot of theory at this point. Yeah, there's a part of us that frankly thinks that like, is this really gonna play out the way we all think it is? Or is there gonna be massive pushback? Like this is either gonna be, like I was talking to Beth about this in advance, for those of you that are familiar with Flash, back in 2010, Apple announced, hey, we're no longer gonna support Flash. And they actually did it. Like Flash got sunsetted at the beginning of 2021. But it took later. 10 years, eight years for it took that 10 to happen. Years. Yes. Right. And Facebook has already come out and I think they've even filed suit or they're basically coming back and attacking Apple and saying, this isn't cool. And here's why we're the only ones that are impacted. So it's not impacting things like Google Display Network. It's not impacting AdWords reach. It's really specifically impacting Facebook. And frankly, users should have a better understanding of where and how their data is being collected but it does seem like Facebook is being singled out. Yeah, I mean, the crux of it is the iOS 14 update affects what Facebook can track on Facebook. Right. That's really what it comes down to. What's happening is they're losing visibility on what happens inside their platform, which as a platform, that's crazy. Like imagine not being able to see what's happening in your platform to tell advertisers, hey, this is what's working, this is what's not working. It's like getting 20% of your analytics cut out. Like the majority of our listeners spend time understanding their website analytics. It's like not being able to track 20% of the people who come to your website anymore. It's crazy. So the first question I think is what is Facebook going to do about it? Because they're certainly not going to be like, no problem. See you later ads revenue. And what they've come out and said, which is extremely vague, is they've been gathering data for years and years and years. There's some statistics that say they have up to 9,000 data points on each individual user based on your web history and usage, again, across the web. So what they're going to be able to do is to continue to use historical data. This isn't going to wipe out anything that's happened up until this point. The second thing they're going to do is couple that historical data with artificial intelligence generated data. And it sounds like the total future, and that's because it is. But basically, what they'll do is look at the way that somebody behaved on the web up until this privacy update was rolled out, 
understand where that cutoff came about, and then they can make some assumptions about the ads that you could potentially serve them that they would find interesting based on the kinds of interactions they had on the web up until that point. So again, it doesn't mean that Facebook ads will never work again. It doesn't mean that they're no longer a viable resource. It just means that we have to be smarter about how we go about targeting. And it means that it's not a slam dunk, which frankly, it shouldn't be. And in a sense, as these things happen, and Zach, I'm interested in your opinion, but I think sometimes when tighter restrictions come out around ads, it basically cuts out the people who are just chucking ads dollars without really having a strategy. Strategically thought, well-messaged, well-positioned ads are always going to perform well. And what it might even do is take out some of the non-viable leads that would potentially click on your ads. I think you hit the nail on the head there, Beth, which was the importance of messaging, which we're not going to talk about messaging here today, but- Sorry, I couldn't resist. It's okay. Well, when we see an ad that's underperforming, people think, oh, well, like, is the audience wrong? Or like, is the, you know, the technical component wrong? 90% of the time, it's the messaging is wrong. Mm-hmm. 90% of the time, you know, maybe more. And so when you think about your ads and we're thinking about this next year, what do we need to be doing differently? I think the importance of honing in your messaging in the copy, the imagery, if you are using Facebook ads or Instagram ads is super important. I think what's also important to know is that there's a lot of manufacturers who are probably listening who are like, hey, I'm not running Facebook ads. I'm not running Instagram ads. This doesn't matter to me. But I think from a macro standpoint, I think it's really important to note, well, why is this happening? If I can deviate for just a second, why is Apple doing this to Facebook? The reason they're doing it, and this is what a lot of people think and what I, I agree agree with here, is that it's because Apple sees what kind of money Facebook and Google are making from the data that they're collecting on you and I and the rest of the world. And what they're essentially trying to do is crush or take away that competitive advantage and all the billions of dollars that they're making from the ad revenue and the analytics and data that they have on people. But what they're positioning as is AKA on protecting the consumer, they're protecting you and I. And so the reason why this is important is because we're most likely going to continue to see this, this tug of war happen between these big tech giants. Facebook is obviously, as Beth mentioned, is going to continue to push back. They're trying to fight for what they think is, you know, essentially Apple is killing the free web is what they might position it as. I don't know how things are going to play out, but I do think what it is going to force us to do as marketers is become much more strategic in how we position our ads and how we measure them and what are we trying to get our users to do. So let's talk brass tacks for a moment here. Specifically, what changes are you going to see in the ads platform and within your reporting? There are a number of metrics that are not going to change. Things like, you know, CPM, which is cost per thousand impressions, CPC, cost per click, CTR, click-through rate, website sessions, et cetera. The areas that are going to be the most impacted are conversions and retargeting. Conversions meaning leads generated or purchases that happen and the ability to see data around them. And secondarily, retargeting, meaning I visit your site and then I get retargeted on different devices. The ability to do that at scale with confidence on a one-to-one is going to become more challenging. So this begs the question of, well, what do you do differently? Like as a marketer, what do you need to be doing differently? What are the tactics that you could be using to make sure that you see a smaller impact? So as a marketer, Beth, this begs the question, what do I need to be doing differently? How do I need to pivot? What do I need to shift? Yeah. So thinking about the fact that conversion tracking is going to change and what's specifically changing about conversion tracking 
is two things. One is the number of conversions that you can have. So a conversion from a Facebook ad standpoint doesn't necessarily have to be, I've given my contact information in exchange for something, you know, requesting a sales quote or something like that. That's typically how we refer to conversions in general, but you can set up your Facebook ads to be any type of conversion. You'll now be limited to only having eight of those conversions or goals within your ads platform in general. The second way that conversion tracking is going to be changing is that currently, if somebody sees an ad and clicks on that ad, they are then continue to track them for the next 28 days. And if that person converts from on that page within that 28 day window, they consider that to be a Facebook ad attributed conversion. That window is going to be shortened to seven days. And if they even see the ad within one day and then make a conversion, Facebook also contributes that. That that piece isn't changing. The view one day, but it's the 28 days from clicking is now going to be seven days. That is huge when thinking about strategy. And specifically when we think about the building material space and we know the incredibly long lead times where leads can be in your sales pipeline for sometimes you know, as long as 36, 48 months. If I'm looking at a Facebook ad strategy, I need to be thinking about what is going to drive immediate action. So I need to move away from a product sale to product awareness, getting someone to download a brochure. That's something that you might wanna take action on within the immediate time of seeing it and clicking to download a brochure. Not something where they're gonna to need to possibly go gather information or talk to their, you know, their homeowner customer or something like that. What's gonna drive immediate action knowing that I only have seven days for, from them clicking on the ad to coming back to the page to convert. The second way that I would say you need to consider your strategy changing is too heavily relying on retargeting ads. So retargeting ads have always been higher performers and it just simply makes sense. I'm more familiar with your brand. I'm more likely to give you my information than I am the very, very first time that I see you. I mean, it's old hat from a sales standpoint. How many times have you cold called somebody and they convert on the spot? Basically zero, the same can be said for ads. So having an understanding that while retargeting ads aren't going to go away, your ability to quote, cookie somebody. So that's what it takes is they come to your site and you are able to make an imprint on their browser that says this person has been here. So start showing them these ads. That ability is going to shrink. And frankly, it's shrinking anyway, even outside of the Facebook platform. There's a lot of conversation about browsers. I believe Firefox has rolled out not allowing cookies. I know Safari rolled that out a very long time ago. So this has been constantly coming as Zach mentioned, but it's also makes you reposition again, who am I able to target on Facebook? So I might have to move my strategy to really the unaware top of the funnel for Facebook and bring my strategy from a middle to bottom of the funnel to like a more lead nurture standpoint for leads that are already in my pipeline. The other thing here too, Beth, is that there's been a lot of conversation. We talk about this a lot about the accuracy of Facebook data. Yeah. Like, the discrepancy between Facebook data or data that Facebook provides you, what we see in Google Analytics and what we see in our CRM is typically never fully aligned. It's just so frustrating and really hard to explain because they all have their kind of own veiled reasons for why that happens. It's exactly right. And so I think 
the benefit here and the thing I'm excited about is that I'm very excited about advertising specifically on Facebook, Instagram, online in 2021. I know I'm, I'm in digital marketing, so I have to be. But like, in all honesty, the reason why I am is that it's going to force people to leverage their CRM and their automation tools more because the type of data that you can get from those tools, like let's say a HubSpot, for example, is tremendous in being able to track somebody from an email to a website to things that they've done. So what we're going to do is we're going to be looking at similar data, but we're not going to be looking at necessarily in Facebook because of their inability to track the right information. So we're still able to get access to a lot of that data. It's just not in Facebook. We have to leverage the tools that we have. And as marketers, we just have to adapt. So again, not all of these updates have happened, but I think what it's going to force us to do is to number one, use those tools, which I mentioned, like your CRM automation tool. And secondarily, as Beth mentioned, getting smarter with your marketing. So using things like, I know this might sound funny, but like using coupon codes, for example, if you've got e-commerce, I think it's really important because you can leverage attribution more correctly from that. Or thinking about what is the actual journey of somebody who visits a page and what do you want them to do specifically on the site pre and post visiting that page to make sure that you understand that journey versus just spraying and praying, if you will. It's a kind of a funny thing for, as from a marketing standpoint that there's a weird part of us that really likes these types of rollout changes because what it really does is gets rid of the marketers in the cheap seats. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, you're going to see a ROAS dip, your return on ad spend. Absolutely. Your return on ad spend is going to, is going to, is, well, it's going to dip in the Facebook ads platform in yeah. the ads manager. Absolutely. It definitely will. But I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because to your point, Beth, it's going to cut out any BS in terms of like, oh, this campaign's performing well or it's not. Like, no, you're going to have to really be smart about how you're collecting data, how you're leveraging it, and the confidence level you have about are you actually pushing people to take the right action versus, oh, let's just retarget people. Not to speak out of both sides of our mouth, we are not going to start recommending for people to not run Facebook ads or anything like that. Like, please don't misunderstand. But Anytime something comes out that requires additional thoughtfulness or rework of strategy and a deeper understanding of your audience, I'm in favor of that. Oh, yeah. I'm in mm -hmm. favor of, hey, this means we have to rework this thing that's been a proven method for four or five years that only gets rid of the people who are not thinking about it. Anybody who's deeply invested in their marketing and believes that I know that my customer is on here and now I just have to work a little harder to create content that they're willing to engage with and that's going to stop the scroll. I don't think that's a bad thing. I really don't. And your reliance on a single platform. Exactly. Yes. Which we don't, we talk about a lot. You're really good about bringing that up regularly. Well, I just think that, you know, we're all renting real estate from these big platforms. We're renting real estate from Google, from Facebook, from yeah. Instagram, from YouTube. And if you get too reliant on them, like there's D to C brands, friends I know, who are like, what in the world am I going to do? Right. Because all of their revenue, they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on the Facebook ads platform via retargeting. And they're going, what am I going to do? Freaking out. Yeah. And if you're fully reliant on that platform, it puts you in a very difficult position, you know? So I think going back to our recommendations here, I know we've, we've talked about a lot of different things. I think it's, it's, it's actually very simple. Number one, Make sure that you really understand the journey that your visitor or your audience is trying to make and tailor your marketing. That includes email, ads, your website, your content, your social, everything around that to what is important to them. 
and then figure out how do you need to adjust not only your targeting, but also your tracking to make sure that you feel confident that what you're doing online is actually being able to be attributed to actual success, meaning is what you're doing actually working or not, to make sure that you can continue to pivot and grow depending upon what your audience does and what they do differently. Yeah, if I could add one thing to that, Zach, what I would say is exactly what you were saying is like not being dependent on a single platform, but also not being dependent on a single method. There are manufacturers that all they do is spend tons and tons of money on ads. And that's why they're really well known in the space. If all you're doing is putting money into ads, it's a, it's a long-term losing game. Because in the upfront, you're right. That person is the most frequently viewed when it comes to AdWords or Facebook ads or Google display or something like that. But they are putting their long-term marketing strategy at risk and frankly, having to dump so much money into this to continue to be at the top instead of investing in the long-term search engine optimization, content marketing, lead nurture, marketing automation, buyer journey mapping, understanding your audience on a deeper level. One thing we talk a lot about, Beth, is you know getting closer to the customer. Whoever gets closest wins. Yeah. And you know, the thing about this is that it's going to force people to get closer. Meaning, like I can't just rely on Facebook, who quote unquote owns my customer, because they have access to the eyeballs. I have to find ways to get smarter in my marketing to make sure that my messaging and what I'm providing is something that they actually seek out and they get excited about and they look for, versus me just always trying to interrupt them. You know. Yeah. So I'm very excited about it because I think it's going to force people to be smarter. You know, this is smarter building materials marketing. <laughs> but here we I, are recommending smarter marketing. Yeah, but I'll, I'm also excited about it too because I I think to our other point, it's gonna if you're already collecting the right data, which you know we spend a lot of time on, I think it's actually going to improve your ability to see results because frankly, fewer people know how to do it. Yeah. So if you have questions, and this is a, a very difficult kind of conversation because we're talking technical with you, we thought this was very important to cover because it is impacting everybody who's running Facebook and Instagram ads. So. Hopefully you found this helpful. If you have questions, please feel free to email us directly at podcast at We are here to help. Until next time, I'm Zach Williams alongside Beth Popniklov. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.